Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel the jericho network on westwood one all right bullet for my valentine have returned with a new album venom might be the heaviest thing they've ever done yet they are back baby it's only appropriate of course we did this interview last weekend at heavy montreal my brother matt tuck and drummer moose another brother talk about the new record the new bass player tell some pretty incredible stories about being on the road with iron maiden guns and roses metallica slipknot and hey you might even learn a little welsh along the way uh, as my friend tucky can speak uh, welsh uh, yeah tucky that's what i call him for jamie joss his name is Tucky, baby. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. The pot of thunder and rock and roll. The spell you're under has been broken by Chris Jericho. That's right. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. It's time to go on a ride on Friday. It's Oh, yeah. Great to be here uh, on Friday. Uh, how in the hell are you? Good to have you guys with me here today. Bullet from a Valentine, Matt Tuck, Tucky, I call him. And, of course, Moose, a nutter on his own right. Two of my good buddies from Bullet for my Valentine, their heaviest record ever is coming out. And they are back on track, baby. They killed it at Heavy Montreal. Good to have the boys on talking all things Bullet and talking about all the bands they've opened up for. Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, Slipknot. So many good uh, good stories coming up. And so many good stories being told on Tough Enough. Very, very excited this week that... Um that uh, we were able to actually show the contestants, the competitors, wrestling. And I thought they all did a great job. Gigi, of course, going home. But that's only because she's probably number three out of three. I mean, Sarah Lee, she's still got a lot of fans, and she actually improved over the week. But she was in the bottom three. Once again, it becomes a popularity contest at that point when you get to the bottom three. And a lot of people go, well, it's a popularity contest. Well, of course it is. That's what show business is. It's it's about who's the most popular. It's about who connects with the fans the most. Sarah has done that. Amanda's connecting too, though. Uh, she's really doing well in that heel persona that she's taken on. And uh, both of them in the semifinals. Hard to believe. Already, Amanda versus Sarah Lee in the semifinals. And, of course, the three guys that are left, Josh, ZZ, and Tanner. Which two of those three will make it to the finals? We're going to find out this week on Tough Enough. Uh, this week, uh, you guys seemed to like it last week when they were um, 
in the ring working out with me. I was teaching them how to take some bumps and how to sell. I think you guys also enjoyed it when they were wrestling each other. Uh, there's also a great digital extra of me explaining some of the psychology behind Jericho versus Michael's ladder match. You might want to go check that out on the Tough Enough app. So you guys like the behind-the-scenes stuff about uh, about wrestling, about the WWE, and that's what Tough Enough is kind of built up to now. The ratings were up this week, uh, back to uh, the, the great levels that they were a few weeks ago. Kind of took a little bit of a downturn, but I think now uh, they're back on track uh great great rating this week and a great show coming up this week they set up the nxt ring so you'll get to see what that's like and that's something that uh, a lot of fans have never seen how do you set up a ring we are going to show you and then they start working on their finishing maneuvers their signature maneuvers and they all have got something special in store for you guys so um i think it's leading all up to the grand finale which comes Next week, August 25th, we're getting down to the nittiest of grittiest. Who is going to be tough enough? One contract for the girl, one contract for the boy, $250,000 at, uh, at stake. What do you call them? Girls, boys, males, fe- males and females sound so scientific. One female contract, one male contract. Superstar and diva sounds so forced. So yeah, girl, guy and girl. One guy gets a contract, one girl gets a contract. That is coming up on the show, coming up in a week and a half, baby. Stick with us. It's going to be the biggest Tough Enough ever. Uh, and see in for week nine and week ten. I wouldn't want to miss it. Plus, you don't want to miss me. Come on, man. I'm the hostess with the mostest, as you guys know. Also uh, excited to uh, have the kids go back to school. It is turning into school time. And uh, every year, you get a list of school supplies. You guys remember those days of going to get school supplies? And you remember your mom went and got them for you? Or maybe you went and got them yourself. But I went with my kids to buy them their school supplies. And this is like a, a parental scavenger hunt, isn't it? I mean, you go to the store with this big list of stuff. Where do you start? I mean, you go to the school supply section. It's been picked over by tons of other parents. Everybody's looking for the exact, you know, triple subject spiral notebook or the one inch binder or the protractor or the ruler. It's kind of like, you know, jingle all the way when they're looking for the turbo man. I'm looking for a protractor. Well, there's only one left. You got to go running across the alley with Sinbad trying to get the last protractor, protractor before it's gone. And it's hard. I mean, so Ash had all this stuff they had to get. And once again, I mentioned the binders, the uh, three subject uh, spiral notebook. I've never heard of this before. I have to go ask this lady. Excuse me. Have you seen the three subject spiral notebook? And she leaves me the certain section. I go pick one out, get the binders, go get the loose leaf paper, uh, the crayons. I don't think he needs crayons anymore. <laughs> Maybe markers, pencils, pencil crayons. That's it. Erasers. I said protractors and contractors and rulers and then he needs uh, graph paper and, and I'm walking back umbrella knapsack lunchbox all this stuff that you got to get all brand new pens green pens red pens blue pens purple pens and I'm like how much of this stuff do you need but you got to get all index cards post-it notes what color post-it notes do you want you want orange post-it notes or red i want red post-it notes okay go get the post-it notes you can fill up all this stuff and each time i've got the piece of paper and i got a pen okay and i'm crossing out each um item as i get it as you whittle your way down the scavenger hunt list you know and then so finally i'm left over with the, they, they have like this i guess arts and crafts unit where they needed duct tape and masking tape and jumbo paper clips and 
What's a jumbo paperclip? I don't, I don't know. Is it? I mean, how how small is too small, and how big is jumbo? So I try and find the jumbo paperclips. Then I'm looking for straws and popsicle sticks. And it pissed me off because I got everything on the list. I'm talking like 50 items on these lists, and I got them all except for the straws and the popsicle sticks. And I find straws, but they're bendable straws, and these ones have to be straight straws. No bendable straws allowed. So bump. Eh. No straws. And then, of course, popsicle sticks. Sorry, sir. We don't have popsicle sticks. Maybe you can go to Michael's and get popsicle sticks. Okay, listen. I've just spent an hour and a half in Target searching across all the different aisles. And believe me, their aisles are meticulously numbered. There's A1, A2, A3. Have you ever noticed that? Next time you go to Target, A through like W, 1 through 12. A17 or maybe I don't know, maybe 1 through 20, whatever. And then you go to D13 and then you got to go over to W17 for an umbrella. Then you go back to C12 for the duct tape. Then you go over to a, A7 for the toothbrush because he needs a toothbrush that's on the list. Not for his own personal hygiene, but for, for an actual toothbrush. I don't know if they're doing some kind of arts and crafts. So finally, I got all these things marked off. The last thing I want to do is now go over to Michael's. Got to get in the car, drive across the town to Michael's, go inside, look for popsicle sticks there, come back, go stand in line to pay for the popsicle sticks with a bunch of other people. It's like, no, done. When it's time for you to get your popsicle sticks, I will get them. But I don't know when you're using these popsicle sticks. If you need them on the first day, well, then we got a problem. If you need them one month in, I'll get you your damn popsicle sticks a month in. As it stands now, I've already paid you know 350 bucks for all this stuff. All crossed off the list. We got straight straws at home. We got home. I found some straws that weren't bendable. Heaven forbid you use bendable straws. Kid will fail if you use bendable straws. It's going to be an instant F. If you, you Listen, the kid's a genius. He can do trigonometry and algebra, but he did not have uh, straight straws. He had those bendable straws. F, fail. It's like, come on. All right. So you get all that stuff figured out, and it really is like, you know, I, I remember... When I was a kid getting ready to go back to school and then you had to get all the school supplies. Well, we did that. We got them. And thank the Lord because it ain't easy to get school supplies. All right. That's my rant for the day. What do you think? Bullet for my Valentine are here with their heaviest album ever. We did some touring with Bullet. We got some heavy songs too. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to play one for you right now from Sin and Bones. In honor of Bullet for my Valentine, here's a heavy one. It's called Blood Happens right here on Talk is Jericho.
Thrashy Fozzy. We don't play that song anymore because we're not as fast and thrashy as we used to be, but Blood Happens. I just love that. Just a great song title. You know, like shit happens. Uh, blood happens. You know, oh, I, I just been, you know, I just lost an arm. Uh, blood happens. There you go. So, uh, bullet for my Valentine coming up. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Prestige. It's funny that we're backstage here at Heavy Montreal and all they're playing at the catering is like rap music. Uh, nothing says rock and roll more in Canada than rap. I know it does. <laughs> but I was standing on the steps like vainly trying to listen to Dawkin, who I haven't right. heard in probably 20 years. But it's like, it's just a weird, like not a weird bill, but it's very eclectic today. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got the bullets and the lambs and the slip knots, but then there's like Dawkin and Warrant. Yeah. It's you pretty know cool, I mean? man. I love yeah. it. I, I like that. I like, it when, I like it when a festival is eclectic across the board. It's cool, man. It's got kind Perfect. of a, a European feel to it, like downloadable. Yeah, that way. absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think when you come to metal places, like Montreal is such a huge metal like mm-hmm. province and city, that Dawkin's probably going over huge. 
I, doubt, I, I, w- I walked yeah, in this we, morning and the, the whole vibe backstage I was like this is a European festival yeah it felt exactly yeah, like totally. being in Europe it could be in France or Germany yeah. or yeah. No, cause it's just, I think it's just like you said just because the lineup is so varied modern and historical shall I say historical yeah <laughs> but I'm but here yeah. with, with, the, with the architects of Bullet for my Valentine Matt Tuck and, and Moose hello Moose yeah, I didn't think he was supposed to be part of this I thought we discussed this it's well, just me right you wanted the main guy I know but then when I gotta keep it different see Jasta and I always have a not a rivalry but like he was like his earlier he's like are you getting he always asked me like are you getting anybody at the festival and I say yeah I'll probably get you know I'll probably get Tucky and he's like Tucky you call him Tucky? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, got, he's my buddy. He got well offended by that. He got thrown down. <laughs> he bring it up to you? Yeah, yeah. He said Tucky. You have some cute little nicknames for each other. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we can do actually. And then I was like, all right, well then I'll bring Moose in, and then I can advertise mine as Bullet for my Valentine. There you go. Right there. You. Go. What is your last name, Moose? Thomas. Oh, so do you, do you just go as Moose though? Yeah, my wife and my mother call me Michael, and that's the only people who call me Michael. But how did you get the name Moose? It's two stories. One's the truth, and one which I used to tell chicks before I was married. Well, choose one and, and, and take. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's good to talk to you guys because it's a pretty exciting time for uh, for Bullet right now. It's kind of like there's a real buzz about about you guys. Mm. It's like you've, you've returned back to form, Bullet for my Valentine, and it's uh, it's really cool to see that. Do you, are you feeling a different vibe now from before the last record? Yeah, I think it's just it's, everything's just a, a lot more of everything. I think a lot more is just the key phrase there. Like the press has been far more than it was last time around. I think the reaction from our fans and just critics and reviewers alike has been far more positive and far more mm. wanting to talk to us again. And I don't know, it just seems like it's a resurgence of we seem to be kind of cool again. You know? <laughs> we're in the good books of heavy metal again, yeah. which is nice. But, but why, why were you ever not in the good books of heavy metal? I just think just because the band we are and just the style of music we've played over the years, you know, we kind of rattle the cages of a lot of metal bands and metal fans, should I say, more than bands, mm-hmm. you know, because we, you know, we incorporate a lot of melodic stuff and we, we're just not your typical metal band, you know, and I think that rattles a lot of cages. So. Did you, because when you started out, you guys were so young and it was almost kind of like, not emo metal, but almost like the way um, Avenged was when they first started, like very screamy, like that's just yeah. kind of the style that it was, right? Yeah, exactly. We were a lot younger. That's kind of what was kicking off at the time and we were just part of that scene almost you know what i mean and that's kind of what we did and as the years have gone on we've just developed as songwriters musicians performers men mm-hmm. and shit changes and just people need to realize that you know i remember last time when you guys did uh did, did the last record temper temper you guys were writing it basically on the fly yeah yeah and that was kind of like that was scary and, and how like what, you were like I remember because you were like we're gonna go in there we're gonna bang it out and it was just the two of you guys yep like in Thailand or something yeah like man this, <laughs> in a house yeah. but you were writing a song a day and then yeah we were just, it was just coming off the back of the Axwin record that's how we did it mm-hmm. that's how me and Jace did the Axwin record we didn't have no money we didn't have no time we had 14 days we come out with 11 songs you know so it was mm-hmm. like well it just it was just it, just confidence was on a high really and just showed that under pressure great things can happen you know what I mean so we just wanted to transfer that into the process of doing a Buller record and I don't think it was the wrong thing to do at all you know what I mean I, I think the record's a great record I just think where people think we may have let the team down is people wanted something heavier mm-hmm. they wanted something more aggressive and ballsy and angry and that's just not what that record was you know it just is what it is you it was know? more of kind of a groove type it was, yeah, it was it was just a, like kind of stretching Stretching our wings and just trying a different sound, you know. It's just that's what you have to do as an artist in the band, you know. How was that for you, Moose, going in there? 
scary. <laughs> it was weird. I always describe her as driving a car with a blindfold on. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So where, where are we going yeah, that's, that's way more fun than driving it with a blindfold off. But not if you crash. <laughs> if you crash. <laughs> you know what's funny talking to you guys? It's like uh, uh, you guys are from Wales. And there's two sides to the Wales coin when you're talking about accents. Like okay. Matt. It's like you got just like almost like a very proper English accent. Like it's very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Then you get you, Moose. You're like Phil Campbell. Yeah. When you guys start talking, especially when you're drinking, it's kind of like, say that again. Exactly. Why is that? I'm from proper valley, and there's not deep many people deep in the in Welsh valley. valleys. Oh, okay. Where no one mean? goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little bit more of like the the real thick accent. Yeah. Do you speak Gaelic? No. Is, is that a, still a thing? Well, Welsh. Yeah, it's, well. a, it's its own thing, yeah. But um, it is still widely spoken in, in in Wales, yeah. But it's not something that it's, it's weird because I, I got it's a more, thick, more in the north of the country than the I got side. a thick Welsh accent. Uh-huh. But Matt can speak Welsh, but I can't. So it's an actual specific language of just Welsh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's its own thing. It's like French or English. It's so, so yeah. give me a little bit. Like, how, what's the what's the cadence of it? It's it's quite harsh. It's German. It's lots of <laughs> and. And all that so stuff say like on. here we are talking to Chris in the in the trailer. Uh, that's the thing. Moose always bigs it up that I can speak a lot of Welsh and I can't. I can kind of understand it more than speak it. Can you speak I, anything? Hi, my name is Matt. Uh, yeah. Same here. Uh, Shamai Matthew anyway. So there's a real <laughs> see that a lot of people don't know that. And it's very yeah. interesting to me. Like when you're talking about this. So when you go to Wales, are a lot of people speaking Welsh? Obviously. No, it's not widely spoken. There are certain areas where it's only Welsh. Like, but it's very small concentrated parts now it's kind of definitely died out a long so time so it's kind ago. of an old school like yeah, yeah. you know knights of the realm type of yeah, a yeah. thing you know it's, it's still something that I think the country is very proud of and it's still something that does happen but when you get to us and in school it's compulsory you have to have cla- like if you go to school and you have your Spanish lessons or your German or whatever uh-huh. in Wales you have to have a, a Welsh lesson okay. up until you get to like 14, 15 when you can choose what you want to do with your, your subjects or whatever and then you can get rid of it so in you, Wales you have to do it you picked it up and then you just failed Moose. I chose rock and roll, see Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking the language of rock and roll. Schooled in the art of heavy metal. <laughs> Are you guys pretty much, and, and you can say this with, because I'm asking you, so you don't have to be, uh, you're not bragging here. Are you guys pretty much the biggest rock band from Wales? Is there other bands from Wales? Because I don't really know any. I think Definitely <laughs> heavy metal. Yeah, definitely of our world. I mean, there's a, I'm sure you know there's a band called Stereophonics. So, okay. They used to be pretty, I don't, and they've kind of gone away now. But okay. they used to be pretty big. But they were like a mainstream rock indie outfit. Manic Street Preachers were huge in the 90s and stuff. They were but from Wales, right? Yeah, they were Welsh. But again, they, you don't really hear them much anymore. So, so there's, it's, is there not much of a scene in, in Wales for rock and well, roll? We I'm all sure. have one father by the name of Tom Jones. Ah, oh, nice. boy, oh, he's, every, boy, he's everyone's father in Wales. He's the king of Wales. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's yeah. like the rocker of yeah. Wales. And it's funny too, like he still plays and when you see him, he's like yeah, still rocking out, super man. sexy and super yeah. hot. He's wicked. <laughs> we were in Vegas one time, like about eight years ago or something, and we happened to be in a club and for some reason Tom Jones was there. And there was a girl there called Stacy Keebler. She was like one of the wrestling chicks. She was super hot, like really hot. And she was like, oh, who's that? And I was like, oh, that's Tom Jones. She goes, I've never heard of him. I said, go talk to him for about three minutes and you'll be dropping your knickers and going <laughs> off to a room with him. That's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> so the new record is Venom. It's coming, out, uh, it's coming out this week. And it's like super heavy. Like you guys mm. are on a mission with this record. Yeah, that, that was kind of the, the mission statement making it. Yeah. It was like, let's make something. 
heavy, aggressive, and exciting. I think those are the three things when I was personally looking for when we were writing. And if it didn't fit that, any three of those criteria, we kind of moved on, started mm-hmm. again, you know. So, yeah, we, you know, we know what we're capable of when we want to. It's just that now we want to do it, you know. Next record, who knows what we'll do again. I, that's, that's the whole thing with doing what we do, you know. Right. There's no rules, and I think we've established ourselves enough where we can kind of play a little bit, you know. But this time around, that, that's kind of what we want to do, you know? So what do you guys just get into a room and just bang out some riffs? You got some ideas and Moose, you just sit down and you guys just, just rock it out? Yeah, we, that's basically what we did. We accumulated a lot of stuff on the last touring cycle, just on iPhones and laptops, whatever, just like a riff bank. And then we went into Paggi's home studio yep. and got a little VK out for Moose, start laying stuff down and experimenting and mm-hmm. playing, you know? Do you find that when you're, you're spending more time with a song, because we talked about with Temper Temper, mm-hmm. I mean, great story with you and I, where you're like, hey, you have any ideas? I've got like a song. Yeah. And I'm really kind of burned out. And I was like, well, how much time do you have? Do I have? And you're like, five hours. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Okay. When you have more time to spend with a song, is, is that, do you start getting demo-itis where you're just like, every single thing is like, I gotta, it's got to be perfect? Or do you just, was it kind of a mix of... It was a bit of both, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, like some of the songs on Venom were wrote two or three times. Some of them were pretty much as they were when they were written as a demo. Uh, but we felt like by the time December came, we started writing properly in July. And by the time November, December came around, I think all of us were like, we need to get into a studio now. Let's just stop writing. Because everything started to become... We had so much focus that that focus started to become hazy because we were just writing and writing and writing. And there was no end goal, mm. you know? So we needed to kind of stop that and get into the studio. And we had to wait another month then until February 1st until we got in the studio. But yeah, it was like every, everything was getting too much, wasn't it? It was like we were just writing and writing and writing, which was great. But then everything started to become anti, kind of counterproductive because mm-hmm. then we were doubting things and we were changing things maybe too much. And what was it like at the beginning? Oh, did I prefer... You start thinking too much. Absolutely. So it was, I think we just got the balance right. Didn't we? Yeah, as soon as all, that started happening, we just cut it off. They all went back to the original way anyway, more or less. Mm-hmm. It was like, we'll be changing everything. And then the producers we were with... Carl, he was like, oh, let's try this beat here, but then it was just went back to the original. Yeah, we, you know, we did try, but yeah. the more we messed with it, the more we started to get scared that we were losing what it was in the first place. You well, know? you start remembering what was cool about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like if you write uh, a book is the same way, because you'd edit, edit, and I'm, yeah. I'm sitting there, like, or even writing lyrics, it's like, should this be and or but? It's but. Nah, maybe it's and. Or maybe it's but. And then after a while, you're like, what? This all sucks. I hate yeah. it all. Like, tortured artists and stuff, right? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, when you're on, uh, when you're doing this record now, and this, of course, is, is the first record you've done without, without Jay, without yeah. Jason, Jason James, your, your bass player, who is now gone. Was it, was it any different at all in the studio? No, it was, it was more or less the same. You know, like a lot of people until, obviously, we announced Jay's departure didn't know the ins and outs of what, who does what in the band. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because just, it's just not something we've made aware. But, you know, Jay was never a creative force in the band. You know, he never mm-hmm. wrote a song, never wrote a riff. So as far as the creative side of us going, nothing was different mm-hmm. at all. It's just him not being there was obviously new and different. So, you know, we did, we, you know, we missed his energy. And, you know, Jay's an amazing person. He's so funny. And he's such Very a cool funny. person to have around, you know what I mean? So that's kind of where it was different. It was just him not being there, you know. As far as us being a band and writing and recording went, nothing was different. And, you know, I think we just took the experience of losing him and just turned it, channeled it into the album, you know, and felt like, we kind of felt like we had a point to prove anyways and we feel like that we're in a an era of the band where we really needed to make something special to take us to that next level now of being 
rock gods you know what i mean because we <laughs> we've kind of we've been here a long time we've done some great albums but i think this is the album that was like okay this is gonna be the album to kind of keep the band where they are and just maybe fizzle out or propel you to a genuine arena download headliner band you know right and that's what we were striving for which is what is so necessary now like when you're talking you just mentioned download headlining band like how many times can maiden sabbath metallica headline those festivals and believe me we love absolutely maiden, love sabbath. them we worship at the feet yeah. of all those bands but i'm looking at download this year i mean last year was aerosmith this year it's kiss um Great, great bands, but the the, the the shelf life is getting smaller. Yeah. So yeah. we need new headlining bands, and you guys yeah. are right on the precipice of getting that chance to go there. Yeah, well, I was kind of speaking to this with someone else earlier, really. And with that we kind bastard of, Josta? Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, we kind of touched on it as well, and I think I kind of was saying that, you know, when you see a Metallica or a Maiden or a Kiss or an Aerosmith, that should be a moment that you never forget. You know, it should be special. Mm -hmm. And it just seems to be normal now, mm -hmm. which is such a shame because they are rock gods, royalty, untouchable legends of what we do. And I kind of can't be bothered to go see them anymore because I get to them see every them summer. every summer yeah. on every festival bill for the last 10 years. Right. And it sucks because I don't want to feel like that because those are my heroes and though that, it should be a special experience. And it just seems to become normal now because you, you get this opportunity to see them every, every year, you know? Like we know Metallica will be back in Europe next year. They're, yeah. they're every, every summer. Well, they're doing Reading this year, right? In yeah. Reading and Leeds. Three weeks. Yeah. You know, so. They did uh, Nebworth last year. Yeah. And Glastonbury. And Glastonbury, they did download the year before. Yeah. So they just keep coming back, like you said. And it's just like, oh, I'll just catch you know, next year. And it's, it's such a shame that it's coming to the point where I think it's not just my point of view. I think if you speak to anyone about it, I think people are getting bored, mm -hmm. which is such a sad thing. Because, like I said, man, those are the bands that we all grew up loving and adoring and are probably why we're actually sitting here today. And to feel it's not special anymore, for me, is really sad, man. It's good though, Avenged Headline Day was the last, yes, last year. Yeah. So there's a kind of a foot in the door for a new band. Yes. Yeah. You know there's, I mean? a, there's a lot of, of talent out there and a lot of bands would kill to do it, you know, and I think it's, 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 the time is, is, is here. Well, you know? I, I think a guy like, you know, like Andy Copping, who's the promoter of Download, almost took a chance last year with Avenged. As, as, as stupid as it sounds, I know that there was a lot of press because mm -hmm. we played Download last year and did a lot of press where they were like, well, we weren't sure how Avenged would do and if they're ready. It's like, if that band isn't ready, Mm. then who's ready exactly you know yeah they're, they're more than ready you know and, absolutely uh, many bands are you know it's like those guys have had experience of headlining stages like that all over the world for years and their own shows doing arenas since around 2008 when mm. we did like a taste of chaos or something with them you know they were headlining lbc arena then you know right, it's right. not like these guys haven't yeah you know there was no risk at all in in reality you know because the last time you guys played download you guys were second from the top two or third from the top weren't you we've done it three times now yeah second Second from the top. Yeah. We've headlined the second stage once, 2010. Uh -huh. And um, I think we've done it three times underneath the headline slot main stage. Who headlined over top of you? Do you remember? Uh, Linkin Park. Slipknot. And Slipknot. And Guns N' Roses. And Guns N' Roses, I think. So you guys are like, I mean, you're almost there, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool to keep going back and keep doing those slots. But, you know, I, th I think we're ready too, man. That's what I'm so saying. Let's, like, let's now do it. Now is the time. Yeah, man. To like, let's do this. Let's right? do this, man. Let's step up. Let's be the next generation of those headliners, you know? Especially being a UK band, you know that yeah. should be the place where you get your first chance. Yeah, mm. yeah I think it's, it's, all, it's been on the minds of a lot of people the last couple of years. You know, if 
if people don't think we're ready, that's fine. We'll wait. You know, I mean, it's cool. The more time we do this, the more experience we'll get. Anyways, you know, I think every year we do what we do, we get better. So, if we don't do it in the next two years, cool. But we, you know, that that eye on that prize is never going to go. As long as we get it, so, yeah, we'll get there. Well, you know, get we'll get. But like you said, that's the goal for yeah. every band. Yeah. If you don't want a headline download, then go home. Yeah. Right. But even exactly. this year here on Heavy Montreal, you guys are second from the top on the main stage, correct? Correct. So, I mean, that's, that's good. Even, do you guys do good in Canada? Yeah. We, like, every, every time we do kind of North America, and then obviously we've never done a Canadian tour, have we? No, we really? always kind of just come up for like two or three shows and back down, mm-hmm. which is a shame because like, of the tours we do, which incorporate the Canadian shows, they're always kind of the highlights of the tour. Mm-hmm. You know, we've always done really well. You're even from the Poison era. Yeah. It's always really good. It's always been good. Like we did a signing just now. We had to... We just had to stop. Cut the line. Yeah, yeah, we just cut the line. It's going, you know, there's bullet t-shirts everywhere out there today. So it's going to be insane. You know what's a drag too is that now everybody like wants to take a selfie. Yeah, that's oh, what it was. God, that's what was taking up the time. It's man. the worst. I mean, it's the worst because it takes so much time. You know, it's yep. like, can I take a selfie? Lean in. Oh, I've got the video on. Hang on. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, it's the flash. Yeah. Oh, that's my dog. Hang or on. Sorry. Facing the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, my face doesn't look good. Or it's too dark. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like now everybody can take your picture yeah so a signing now where you're signing it's not really just a photo shoot it's a photo shoot yeah Yeah. do you want a beautiful lawn enter true green the easiest way to get a great lawn just water and mow and they'll do the rest weed control fertilization aeration and more true green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the pga tour and they have a verified best price which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality you do you let true green do your lawn care Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. Talk about, um, I mean, you guys, you mentioned just how, how much touring you've done and all these great bands, and you've toured with all all the greats. All the greats, yeah, pretty much. You've been on... I mean, we did, we've done Guns N' Roses, we've done Maiden, we've done Metallica, we've done Ozzy, Slipknot, uh, we've done Slipknot. Wow, so if you're going back, like, going through just the first four names that you said of, like, the, the gods that got yeah. us all into metal. Yeah, man, it's crazy. So who was, who was a, the, the best crowd for you? Because Maiden, notoriously bad crowds. That was definitely the worst. That was the Straight worst. Straight up, I can tell you that for a yeah. fact, yeah. So, so tell me some stories of that. Because I remember this was in 2006. It was guys, yeah. you guys had just started. Yeah, I know. Like, imagine that like, your debut record comes out, and then you find yourself traveling... American Canada with Iron Maiden. How <laughs> <Yeah>. weird <laughs> is that? I know. I went to the show in, in, crazy, uh, in Irvine Meadows and I didn't check you guys out. I was like, oh, who are these guys? I'm just going to wait for guys. Maiden, like a rock snob, you well, know? Well, like Valentine. It's <laughs> an emo. Hanging around in the back <laughs> trying to hang out. Hey, Adrian Smith. Hi. So how? So what was like some of the horror stories from that? Is it, so uh, well, you'd be backstage getting ready to play and they'd, they'd kind of haul the backdrop up. Yeah. And you'd hear the whole arena. Boo! <laughs> and it would just echo. <laughs> For miles around, and we go. Oh, we'd know. We'd know when the backdrop was going up because we'd hear the booze. You know, <laughs> it's almost it's like oh, showtime. <laughs> That's our cue. That's our cue to get to the stage. This is going to be amazing. Um, you know, being I, stuck to a microphone stand isn't the best place to be either. Doing yeah. that, doing that, because trying to dodge the right. You can't move the, the coins and right. Pads got hit in the eye with a glass tub or something. You had a black you know, eye. There, there, there was loads of shit coming over. People made signs. Yeah. There was one show where Moose went out through his sticks as a little souvenir, and some threw him back. Threw him back. <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs> I think that's probably the worst one. That's a weird thing. Have some worst. drumsticks. <laughs> Take them back, boy. Hit me in the leg. I was like, that's the best thing ever. Oh, it's crazy. How did that make you feel as a young band? I, honestly, I can't even remember feeling hurt. I just think it was like autopilot. Get it done. Get off the stage. 
mm-hmm. I think you know we really were a new band then as well as far as touring the world went so we didn't really know what was going on I thought it was probably just kind of oh that sucked and well, and you, guys are, you guys are, are rock fans. You're knowing the reputation of Maiden fans as well. You probably uh, knew what you I were did, up against. I didn't get any... I, all we heard was because Funeral for a Friend did it, didn't they? Yeah. And we were friends with those guys because they were from Wales. And they had some stories where it's, it's pretty tough. And we're like, ah, oh, we'll, we'll be all right. We're heavier than you. We'll survive. <laughs> yeah, dippy fuck. Well, because we got some of the Maiden crew now, so they were saying they were on that tour when we were on that tour. And they said that we actually did the best out of any support band. Wow. Ever. Yeah. So wow. it was really good. They said when Murder Dolls played, they sweeped the stage and they all went out drinking without all the chains. <laughs> With all the chains? All the money on the stage. All the money on the stage. That's bad. It's crazy. Yeah, Apparently it was bad. a tin of tuna came over at one point as well. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Don't know why. Yeah, that's dangerous. Imagine throwing a tin of tuna. Who throws fish? Oh, in? that could knock you out. Yeah, it could kill you, man. I got hit once in San Francisco with a D battery. You know those big, yeah. like, you put it in the back of like a boombox or something. Hit me right in the back. And I was, who brings a D battery to a wrestling show? You know, that's crazy. it hurts, man. That hurts. <laughs> yeah. So did you ever see like any of the guys backstage, the main guys at all? Did they ever give you any thumbs up or try hard? Or? Well, I, th- I think all that stuff was weird because like, I remember the first night before the tour, I think we were in like New York or Buffalo. Or that was, there was somewhere in the, in the States. And we all went to this bar just to hang out and then sitting at the bar with a Guinness and then turn to your left and it's like Bruce <laughs> it's like oh hey and, he's, and you just start to, it's just the weirdest experience yeah. you know what I mean it's just like uh, it just, it's just kind and of you're touring it now. with him yeah it's just the weirdest thing you know and so um, Steve Harris would bring his kids into our dress room to get things signed because they were bullet fans that was pretty cool that was awesome yeah. so there was obviously Generation Gaps bridging which was nice and that obviously broke the ice as well, which is cool. Which is a good little ego boost for you guys, too. Yeah, at like, least it makes us feel like, oh, cool, then we are a little bit relevant. And Steve's you know, going to respect you a little because exactly, his kids are fans. Exactly, yeah. there you go. So stuff like that I was I had cool. ribs with Nico the other day. Did you? Yeah. Was in Nick, Florida and Nico's rock and roll ribs? Yeah, he said, come down. So me and the guys went down. And How is that place? Oh, it's, it's great. Nico's the, the best. It's his stories. His ribs are good, but his stories are better. <laughs> Give him a little red wine and he starts telling the story. Oh, the bottle was huge. What do you think of the, the, the new Maiden album, 90 Minutes? Well, he took us in his car, so I am sat in Nico's car in his custom-made Jaguar, and wow. he's showing me the new Maiden record, I'm like, look at Did me. he play it for you? Yeah, only one song. I was going to say, that's probably 18 minutes long. So then the new guy, Jamie, he, this is all new to him, and he was, he'd come back in after sitting in Nico's car, and he was just grinning, just like, what the... <laughs> How was the new song? It's good. Yeah. It's proper back to Maiden. Yeah, classic you know. Maiden, right? Yeah, it's good, though. Uh, it's funny because your new bass player Jamie toured with Fozzie he did indeed years ago yeah. with a band called Revoker that's right and when I found that out I was like I remember that dude you know like trying to talk to him a little bit but yeah. how did you find him uh, he was friends with Padge because Padge did some demos for Revoker a few years ago or something mm-hmm. so they kind of kept in touch ever since and then when we were actually properly looking for someone to replace Jay he, I think Padge just reached out to Jamie said you want to give it a go you know because he knew he could obviously play well and he's got a great voice so Jamie said, yeah. So we sent in a little audition video. Um, and it was great, wasn't it? it was sounded wicked. great, played great. Brought him in for two live auditions and smashed it. Did you audition yeah. other guys as well? Yeah. Because I'm yeah. sure that's like the gig. Like, oh my gosh, Bullet, you know, BF, Bullet's looking for a bass player. It wasn't, wasn't. We thought it was going to be a lot busier than it was, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was maybe that thing of the hot girl at the bar. <laughs> I think we just touched on that before. Like the hot, you know. 
if you went over there and talked to him just be yourself you'd probably get laid mm. yeah but because it's the hot girl at the bar you no don't you don't go for it so nobody you know? talks to her so i think we were a hot girl at a bar <laughs> you guys are hot really? yeah how, but, how how was it live uh, especially for you moose i mean it's the rhythm section and you've played with jay for yeah. 10 years whatever it's been a little bit of getting used to or nope easy Straight, yeah, way he's solid as a rock oh, man. Wicked, and his vocals. I get to have bass in my monitor mix everything now. It's nice because before I really didn't have it on. Mm-hmm. So it's nice now. Yeah. Does it add uh, new energy to the band as well when there's a new guy? Um, not noticeably, but I think it does subliminally. Mm-hmm. I think before we came out, especially you know, it was exciting again because mm-hmm. it was the unknown. And obviously, Jamie hasn't experienced anything that we have. You know, he's he's done like you said. He's done. He's had experience of touring. He's had experience of making a record and then, boom, it's taken away. You know, and that, that must have hurt. So I think to have this opportunity now, you know, his head's just blowing up every day. He's like tall as Slipknot, for example. You know, like <laughs> yeah. hanging out with Nico. Yeah. You know, it's just like his head. It's almost like a fair. It's like, that, you little you know? prick. You know, yeah, if you only like, knew. Damn you. We just, uh, we're like the spinal tap for bass players. We've had so many bass players. We just can't find the right guy. We had the right guy and then, and then he left. It was just weird. But our new guy great player young guy from the atlanta scene his first tour ever was with slash and i was like don't get used to this it's not like this every night (laughs) this isn't how it works it's not always like this every night yeah (laughs) so you mentioned i wanted to ask you too uh and we've discussed this in the past with some some great stories you've told me when you toured with guns and roses Mm. was that a better crowd for you yeah it was all right actually i think everyone was there just for the fact of what it was i don't think any majority of people there were even guns and roses fans Mm -hmm. and now i think it was just more the fact that People knew who, who it was, and I think people were just curious. Mm-hmm. So we did what we needed to do. I don't think there was any drama, was there? Not that I can remember. No. I think it was pretty smooth. Yeah, he was... Or we would, yeah, you know, our game plan was get on and get off. Yeah. Right. You know, just because of the experience. I think it made us aware that things can't be as good as you think they're going to be. But it was actually all right. It was pretty cool, you know, and then we would just get off stage and wait for the Axel thing to So tell us some of the Axel stories. <laughs> there's some good ones. Yeah, it's just... There's, low, there's, the, there's the infamous lamb oh, roast lamb story. One, yeah. It was in the newspaper on a Sunday in the UK. What happened? Uh, well, we came into catering. It was the show was on a Sunday in Newcastle. Some, yeah, one of UK like somewhere. And uh, being Welsh, we like lamb, and there was lamb on the menu. So we all had lamb. Axel comes in. Oh, I love the lamb. Oh, sorry, all the lambs gone. Yeah, but he was about two hours late after <laughs> yeah. catering a pack down as it's well. It's not like he walked <laughs> in like, like 10 yeah. minutes later yeah. as you guys are finishing up the like, bones. Oh, right? thanks, Axel. That was lovely. <laughs> no, he was actually, you know, caterers had even gone. They right. packed up and oh, gone. Oh, they had left. Yeah, yeah. They packed up and their job was done. It was like 9 30, 10 o'clock in the night or whatever. Then he rolls up and says, I want lamb. I'm like, well, you can't have lamb. We, we don't have any. We did have it, and the Buller Boys ate it. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you I'm can't not going have on any. stage until I have lamb. So someone had to go out at 10 o'clock at night. And find a lamb, and whether they did or not, I don't, I don't know whether yeah, they, they, they found did. It. They found a lamb. But he was in the newspapers in the morning. Guns and roasties. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah. Guns and roasties. Yeah. <laughs> How about uh, certain things on his rider? Did he have anything weird on his rider? No, we never got to see the rider. There was the midgets one as well. Yeah, which was good. Where he wanted like a stage full of midgets. Mm-hmm. So they found it, a thirty midgets. They had a little dressing room with a little sign, little people. All this stuff, you know, like having a look inside. And it was just a room full of like midgets. It's, the, it's like, really? Okay, it's going to be awesome. So go on stage then. I, I can't remember what song it was where they were supposed to come out, like Paradise City or something I wonder like what that. song it would be. Yeah. I know, I can't work it on myself. But it's like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be fun, whatever. So just waiting for them to come on. And they all got dressed up all side of the stage. And during the song they were supposed to come on, he said no. Really? Yeah. And then they didn't. They he didn't, just changed his mind. Just changed his mind. I said, nah. So they didn't actually get you. So it was just like. 
hundreds of midgets <laughs> just roaming, ro- roaming around midgets. back of Wembley. <laughs> you we little people. Little you, people. Right you hung out with the little people? Yeah. You took care of them? It was also just like, whoa. Did you crazy, ever go to man. any of the classic, like you always hear about the Axl Rose after parties and all this sort of thing? Did you ever get invited to those? Did you ever go to them? Or? We only experienced one and that was after the Hammerstein shows in New York City. Um, and it was, I mean, it wasn't, I don't know what to expect really because again, we was the early days of the band and our experiencing of rolling with the likes of an Axl Rose mm-hmm. you know, it was like the weirdest thing ever but, but we went and it was a bar and it, w- it wasn't kind of debauched or anything it was actually kind of lame well, cheap, uh, I mean we've, we've thrown crazier parties on our bus you know but <laughs> yeah. you know but it was cool though Mickey Rourke showed up Lenny uh-huh. Kravitz was hanging out you know it was just like oh my god it just was the next level of like what the hell are we doing here to say like you were on tour with Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. you know it's just, but I mean it, you guys have uh, like I said it's so funny because we did Soundwave together a few years ago mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, watching Metallica from the side of the stage and just seeing how you mentioned, like you said, another example of what the hell are we doing here? Watching a band like Metallica and how they run their show and their stage and their set. And just how, like, that was, like, really cool to see from a band standpoint, like, so organized, so classy, everything was right on point. Do you remember when they had that party for all the bands on the first night? Yeah, yeah, I didn't, we, I didn't we go. Missed it. No, I we didn't go, it man. We were rehearsing. We were rehearsing. Oh, we were yeah? rehearsing in Brisbane, yeah. yeah. It's funny because they had a, a party with all the bands on Soundwave, and Lars had a big book. And he was looking through the book because everybody's picture was in the book, all the bands. Yeah. And he's like, like I'm not going to know everybody's name, but at least maybe I'll recognize somebody. But I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, you actually have a book that you're trying. <laughs> yeah. you know? Was that a good tour with those guys? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, it was more kind of festivals than tours, you know, but mm. we kind of was, were following around and we did a one-off Metallica show with them as well, which was in Estonia. 100,000 people. That's still today the 100, biggest. 100,000 people. I think yeah. it was 110,000 wow. people. It's still the biggest show we've yeah. ever done today. You know, and again, just that was Metallica. <clears throat> yeah, wow. Got to go on stage and sing "So What" as well with, with those Did guys. Ya? Yeah, man, that's killer. So that was, yeah, that was that was cool, man. Did you so, know the words? Yeah, we used to play it as as Jeff Giljohn and as Bullet Early Bullets. Mm. You know, it's just part of the repertoire because yeah, yeah, they yeah. did it you know it's such, a, <laughs> such a nasty song too yeah it's so good man. what was the name of your band when we first started uh, Jeff Killed John Jeff Killed John uh, yeah. is there was something behind that uh, kind of yeah John owns the porn star oh did someone named Jeff kill him yeah yep. our tutor our tutor at performing arts school, school yeah. didn't oh. kill him I drew him master beating oh and Jeff ripped it down ah I went oh Jeff Killed John I was like that's a cool name for a band <laughs> write it down how did you switch it to Bullet this is, yeah, it just needed to change, really. Didn't yeah, it? I think it was a fresh start. You know, we kind of it was just a, a dumb name that we came up with when we were kids, and we knew it needed to be something a bit more. Oh, how'd you get spunky. the name for my Valentine, though? How did we come up with that? Yeah, I've just kind of just writing loads of names down. Yeah, I just wanted something that was kind of pretty and kind of like a Marilyn Manson. We wanted something mm-hmm. that was nasty but kind mm-hmm. of pretty at the same time. I it's guess. a cool name. I just thought maybe you read it like in a in a in no, a it's National Enquirer or something. I've got a bullet for my Valentine. Says evil killer or something. <laughs> you know. No, it's just something that I think Moose came up with. It, it started off a of violence for my Valentine. Yeah, which gotcha. would have been cool. But then violence sounded a bit harsh because we weren't really like this crazy hardcore band. Bullet is smoother. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of sounded a bit more romantic in an evil way. I don't know why. <laughs> do, you, do you remember after the Metallica, the one show, when we watched the show and then. We were having a couple cocktails, and then you stole the, the golf cart. Yeah. Remember? That's incredible. The best thing of all, though, is he steals a golf cart, and it's going, like, literally one mile an hour. Well, if that. And yeah. he's <laughs> trying to get away from the 
Just the, the man from. walking slowly by the side of you. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. Get out. Go. Come on. Get out. I'm, I'm walking ahead of you now. Just get out. <laughs> I remember the horse, a big plastic horse. Yeah, there, there was like? a plastic horse backstage for some reason, too. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. see the pig's head today at catering? No. There was a giant pig's head right on the catering table. Like you nice. can actually, I took a selfie with it. You know? Cool. So how is the tour going with, with, uh, with Slipknot? It's good, man. It's again. It's it's kind of the scenario which you just touched on. It's like just seeing the way that it's run with those guys and how mm. they do this. It's just smooth, man. The guys are pros. The crew are pros. You know, it's just it's just really easy, right? There's no, you know, there's no drama. You know, it's uh, it's good. The shows have been good. It's been like packed houses. You know, the timing of it couldn't be better, obviously, because we've got the record about to drop. So we're pushing that every night on stage, and we're making a bunch great, of new man. fans, which is good. Yeah, right. we, we yeah. usually just do the headline run, mm-hmm. you know, in Canada and North America and stuff. And Especially first. being third on the bill. That's probably, you haven't been third in a while as far yeah, as Yeah, it's, it's good, man. So, it's, you know, it's another opportunity which we haven't done in a while to, to gain new fans. You know, we've just obviously, um, you know, doing the headline shows is great, but it, you're not going to gain a new audience that mm-hmm. way, you know. So, this is a great opportunity for us to do that again. Is it harder to play a shorter set? It's horrible. <laughs> it's weird. I think especially because of the band we have and the amount of stuff we have in our back catalogue now right. it's really hard to get a good dynamic flowing set because that's what we do well you know we do an hour and a half set yeah. and we have ups and downs and clean tones and like it's just the whole proper rock show you know but with this it's kind of get on destroy go to bed yeah. <laughs> it's like it's really weird because we, we don't do that a lot you know so it's it's, it's new experience like, like I said earlier I find myself coming off twice as exhausted after 40 minutes in an hour and a half I think just because immediately you just just smash it out there you know it's weird because you got to go out there and just we call it the queen at live aid principle if you've ever <laughs> seen that gig which is like it's been voted the greatest live show of all time and queen goes out there and they had 20 minutes and they go out there and play all their hits and it's just body blow body blow body blow not a lot of talking mm-hmm. just rock 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 punch the face we're the champion see if later go <laughs> and you're just like whoa what was that yeah that was the best thing ever so we kind of got that vibe when we did uproar because it's the same thing 30 minutes 40 minutes and yeah. you know it's 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 like well, how do you pick a set you just want to get there and make know, your it's, mark it's tough man but you know we've, i think we've whittled it down to what we think the crowd want to hear but obviously trying to throw a couple of new ones in mm-hmm. to let people know what's about to happen you know so but so it, yeah it's difficult but it's, it's fun it's cool but i think we're starting to get used to it now i think we've got another four weeks left of it now so four weeks and then two or three shows in mexico city at the end well, so what, what countries are your, are your your best countries as far as audiences Oh, I, I think yeah, it's 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 a tough one. Um, I think if we had to pick maybe a top three of places to go just just to play for experience, because all the crowds we play to are usually pretty cool. You know, mm-hmm. we we have great shows wherever we go, apart from touring with Iron Maiden. So, <laughs> but, uh, those days are done. Yeah, apart from that, I think kind of obviously UK is probably the best place for us to play, just because those are the biggest headline shows we've ever done. UK, right? Yeah, and having that moment of our home soil and having that glory moment is. It's nice, you know, it feels really good. It feels special. Um, playing, obviously, the States and doing a tour like this is great. Um, Germany you know, we've good. had, yeah, it's hard, man. Germany, Europe. But like Japan, South America's France, always crazy. South America's Mexico great, crazy. is going to be good. Australia is amazing. You so know, let me it's ask tough, you this man. how do you feel about um, you put on a new record? And obviously, you know, it's, it's, you just put a lot of time into it. And in the way the world is nowadays, I mean, Actually, Shadows just, just show me Apple Tunes, Apple I, iTunes. And we were talking, like we're talking about our band's new albums, the new Fozzie record, the new Avenged record. And then we're like, he shows me this, you know, Apple iTunes, $10 a month, 
any song on iTunes and you're legally yeah. buying it. And it's like, as we were like, this is the last nail in the coffin yep. of a record. Yeah. You know, how is that for you getting ready to put this out and knowing what you're up against as far as how that goes? It's, you know, it's not the nicest feeling in the world because the amount of time, blood, sweat, money and tears you put into making something as special as it can be, you know, to not even be given an opportunity for people to have it as it, in its entirety as well. It's just convenience for, for a music fan, which is great for them. But on the other side of the fence for people like us, you know, it's, it's, it really, I don't think it'll ever change the way we do things, but it makes you think, why do you even bother putting so much love and why do you care if the drum tones are like that? Why do you care if the guitar isn't as, you know what right. I mean? It's just like, because no one is ever going to listen to it on a system which it was built for. They're going to listen to it on earphones or on their shitty laptop speakers and so it doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's, kinda, it's horrible. I was talking to Paul Stanley the, the other day, and he's like, people have forgotten how to listen to music. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. he's right. Yeah. You know, because let's say you put a little, like, like Rich, Rich Ward loves putting like, little tambourine things in there, or a little, yeah. you know, little harmonics or whatever it may be, a little bit of a keyboard. But you can't even hear it, really. No. That's um, what I'm saying. It's like, you know, a lot of thought and effort goes into making something really special, you know, and people won't hear probably 40% of what you've actually done mm-hmm. because then, A, not paying attention, B, they're not listening to it on something they should be listening to it on, <coughs> and C, they just don't give a shit, really. It's because <laughs> music is, has become disposable. How do you mean, Moose? People are getting it for free, so they don't care. They haven't earned it, do you know what I mean? They haven't gone out and picked or waited for this moment to go and spend their money on something that they've been waiting for. They can now click get it for free, listen to one song, don't like it, throw it in the trash. They've got no skin in the game anymore. Yeah, we're actually and the whole stream it. of things, yeah. that you, like, like you said, it is the final nail because now they, we're setting up for a big album release and they're just going to pay $10 a month to listen to it on something else and we won't actually sell that record. You know? $10 a month for 10,000 artists. Yeah, exactly. So, so why I don't blame them for doing it because I, I, I'll do it too if that's the mm. way it works. But at the end, end of the day, that's why we're in the situation we're in where you can get a number one record on maybe 5,000 records. Yeah. It's insane. Mm. You know, I, I've never downloaded a, 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 an album illegally ever. I buy an album like every month or every week. Not every month, every week. Yeah. But the problem is now I'm just an idiot if I continue to do that because... Apple has this. Exactly. You know, I didn't like Spotify or like, whatever. I don't need it. But I'm going to buy it and put it. It's going on my iTunes. You have to It's have the it. same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So even people that want to pay and support and, and, you know, love rock and roll the way we do, now you're just an idiot. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I, I'm wondering, obviously now touring is more important than ever and merch is more important yep. than ever. Do you think that that's the BL end? Or do you think there'll be some new technology maybe in some point, or is the is the genie out of the bottle now? Yeah, I think I think that's it. I think I, I don't see how it can get any worse unless they do it for five dollars a month or a dollar a month. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. I've, I've know, come up with a plan though, right? Okay, this you is, got? okay. Well, yeah. Instead of releasing a full album, you write twelve songs as an album, but you release a song a month. Oh, but then you'd have to wait. A year to tour that record? Well, no. You go, well, it's lucky for bands, I guess, because we got back catalog we can still tour on. Right. But every month they go, here's a new song. Ooh. Yeah. Well, and it goes up on Apple Music and they stream it for free again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Moose, you almost saved the music yeah. business there. There's just no way around it, and I think it is what it is, and we just sound like grumpy old men sitting here, well, but it's just the way it is, you know? We've got to just move on. I, I don't think it's grumpy old men. I think, uh, I think what the issue is is that we are one foot in the old, one foot in the new. All of us, yeah. all of our bands in that 
we're not really too sure what's going to happen over the next five or ten years other than the fact that we'll keep touring. And, you know, you can't download a T-shirt. Thank mm. God for that. Yeah. You mentioned there's bullet T-shirts all over the place today. Yeah. But I think, like, I'm hoping they'll invent, like, a hologram or something. Like, you know, get the bullet hologram and it's ten bucks and you pop up and... Hi. Hi. I'm not. <laughs> you know, I mean, because... It's it's not a grumpy old man thing. It's just the way of the world, and we have to figure out how to how to still exist. Yeah. I know, but how come you can't illegally download a video game? That's on a CD, like an Xbox game. You you can't download it. I don't it? think so. I'm, Maybe because it's know. a cartridge that you have to put in, or a disc, or something along those lines. It's, it's still on a CD, isn't it? Right. It's, yeah. Or the yeah the, so the I disc. think you can pirate those things, right? I, I don't so. know. I, I think know. so. I don't know. Don't I think you still think actually you need the disc, though, right? Well, you don't need like you can download it just from the World Wide Web now, straight onto your console's hard drive. Yeah, oh. but then I am I don't know I don't know. Maybe we just we're not smart enough to do that yet. Yeah, no. Are you guys video? Rock and roll, chicks, <laughs> <laughs> beer, <laughs> guitars, drums, chicks and beer. <laughs> Are you guys video game guys? K- kind of, yeah. We um we're very very specific though, aren't we? We only ever play Call of Duty. That's it. Call of Duty. Yeah, that's it. Unless I'm home, Batman freak. Okay, now do you take the Call of Duty on the road? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever play against Shadows? Yeah, we've played with and against yeah. in the past. Because yeah. he's got his old Fort Knox, his whole I know, system. He's got a le- get- legit system going on, man. Yeah, we kind of got one of those, though. Yeah, that's why it's we not got ours. Because it's like we, he had his, and we were like, oh, that's cool. Look, we want one. We want one of them. So we had one. And it's actually a road case yeah. that you put in dressing, you open it up, and it's got like the big screen TV yep. and the Call of Duty and all that stuff on there. Yeah, it's cool, man. It does kill a lot of time on the It's road. funny, because like, with him, he'll, like, he'll not talk. Like, he's voice is like you know matt's voice he's not going to talk but then he'll be yelling and screaming at the call of duty you know <laughs> that's the, the thing so so when you guys uh were, were, were first getting ready starting to, to play who were your who were your influences when you were first putting putting together the band like, oh, who's your favorite first, players for, for me it was always metallica um hetfield and hammer those were the guys that inspired me to do this and be in a band and play guitar and love heavy metal and stuff like that and then Moved on to Megadeth and Pantera, Machine Head, Slayer. So kind of all those kind of, I like to call them 90s metal bands. I know yeah, even yeah. those, they go way into the 80s, some of those. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of the era which was, you know, it just like, I think, I think if I have to sum up one album, I think Vulgar Display of Power that's by the Pantera. One. That's the one which kind of, I would sum up my becoming a metalhead, you know. Because I got into Metallica and Sam Miles on MTV. It's like, oh, that's cool. Sounded heavy. And then, you know, things evolve and you watched a, a video of Domination Live from Russia. Yeah, in front of like 400,000 yeah, people. Yeah, and it's just like, it oh man, then it was just like, holy shit. And then, you know, <laughs> and then it just kind of went on from there, really. So, yeah, I think those were the ones for me. Uh, I think Moose has a far more punk rock yeah, my upbringing and influence weird. than Not me. Not weird, but I got in the, when grunge was happening. Mm-hmm. I'm from grunge. I got into punk. Like, like what off, bands? Like Offspring, when Offspring. they really smash. Kind of an underrated band, Offspring, as far yeah. as being so influential in the '90s scene. Oh, they're you know? brilliant! That Smash album, still one of my favorite albums ever. Like every song is good. Yeah, yeah. But then from there, I went into UK seventies punk, like, like Sex what? Pistols, Sex- um, Anti Nowhere League, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then from there, I went into the Salt Lake City straight edge hardcore scene, and I'm not straight edge. What's that? You know, like Earth Crisis. Oh yeah, all, you're a long way from straight edge. Yeah, VOD. <laughs> then yeah, all hardcore music from America. I was a guy got into all of that, but along the way, obviously, I was into the Metallicas and the the Panteras and stuff. But I was digging my way underground more. 
I like playing fast and aggressive and yeah. aggro. Yeah, angry, dirty music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is a good mix mm-hmm. for you guys. Yeah. What do you think about all of this talk about, um, you know, Pantera reunion? Pantera reunion. Do you think it's something that even makes sense? Um, personally, no. I think it's been too long now. Yeah. I think if it was going to happen, it should have happened by now. You know, time, time goes on. You know, and I don't know. I think if they're if they're trying to recapture that magic, I, I think maybe it's been. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I personally don't think it would happen. I don't anymore. think. And I'd like to see it like everybody else, you know, against yeah. Zach Wilding. I don't think that anybody can 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 re- replace Dimebag. I mean, no, those guys no, not at all. Play no. it, yeah, yeah, but it's, but it's not the never same. been another guy like him. No, you know, not at all. I think it's like when you hear about the rumors, like, oh, download. They're gonna have the Pantera reunion. First of all, knowing Vinnie Paul, it's not gonna happen. Second of all, I don't know if it could. You mm, know, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it wouldn't work. It's one of those things that just. just I'd like it. to see it though. With Zach, I think yeah. I think we'd all love to yeah. see it, but it's just whether the, the the dream is better than the reality, you know? Yeah, because it would be a shame to see it if it wasn't yeah. what you th- think it might be. <laughs> which is kind of easy when you think how much time has gone and just where they're at in their lives, you know? They're not mm-hmm. young men anymore, you know. Talking it's about like, reunions, though, the biggest reunion ever would be Guns N' Roses reunion. Now let's wow. talk. About, did you, did you see, so Guns N' Roses headlined one of the shows you did at Download, and that's with. You know Axel's band. Yeah. yeah. So now, like, two of those guys are out, right? Bumble's mm-hmm. out, and I think DJ is out. So two oh, Ashba. Ashba's gone. Yeah. So two of the guitar players have left. So do you think it's going to happen at some point? It's Goru. I think it has to. I think it could work. Definitely work more in reality with a band like Guns, just because of the style of music. For example, it's a mm-hmm. lot more classic. It's a lot more rock and roll. And I think you know it, it would come across way better. I don't think I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. I you don't think I, it's gonna happen. I think it's again, gone. if it would have happened, it should have happened by now. Well, I don't know. So. I think it's gonna happen. It's gonna be the biggest thing in. in but music let me history. say this to you though, and the the other rebuttal that I have is mm-hmm. the police reunion was twenty five years later, and okay. Sting and Stuart Copeland didn't like each other. Finally, got their shit together, went back, yeah. and became like this giant tour. Yeah. So twenty five years. So Guns. I mean, we're getting close to twenty five years. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, anything's possible, but. I don't know. It's, it's so volatile between all those guys. You just don't know what what is that's, reality that's the anymore. Fun of it, anyways, isn't it? You know? What's gonna happen? Well, and the thing yeah. I think about is like you guys know. You guys have worked your way up the ladder to a, a, a very high degree, okay? And there's only a small percentage of bands bigger than your band, you know. And Guns N' Roses is a small percentage of those bands that's bigger than those bands. Like you could go play a stadium with Guns N' Roses. As a musician and as a player and as a guy who created something, that to me is the reason why it might happen. Like, we can go play stadiums. How many bands can do that? True. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It would be an if. They go back together, it would be stadiums yeah, all could, over of the course world. it could. Yeah. Yeah. It would yeah. take a lot of, like, a lot of maneuvering, though. <sighs> you know? If it happens, we'll go, sit, we'll go in the front row. We'll steal a golf cart, Moose, and just go hang out in the front row. There's another gun story. Yeah, um, Axel was uh, late for his chopper, so Andy Coppin stole it. He stole it. He took it home. Boop. Boop. <laughs> Andy Coppin. <laughs> so here we are uh, at Heavy Montreal. You guys are getting ready to go on fairly soon. New record is Venom. Uh, tell me some of your favorite songs on the record. Uh, no Way Out. Um, you Want a Battle. Worthless. Wor- worthless is a, is a monster. Yeah. You got a glint in your eye when you, when you said that one. I haven't heard that song yet. Is it, is oh, it, is it a rocker? It's probably the heaviest on the album without being the heaviest if you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just 
that stink face going. Yeah, the stink face. Yeah, the stink face is out. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Army of Noise is great. It is, yeah. If you like your, your metal thrashy and kind of a bit more traditional, that's definitely up there, you know. Are it's you playing any of the new songs live? Yeah, we've been playing. We've played No Way Out, Army of Noise, You Want a Battle, and we did Broken, which is a, a song we've only played it once, though. And that was in a, a, a London show we did. Songs are getting over ago. good, though? Yeah, good, man. It's, it's you know, it's, it's still people are digesting it. Um, but overall, yeah, it's... They feel like they're just part of the team now for us to play, you know, great, so man. it's cool. What's your favorite song to play live out of any of your songs? I don't know. Again, there's a couple. I think for me, I like playing Your Betrayal and Raising Hell. I think those are two because I, I feel like I sing those well. It's, it's not too far out. You know, I'm not hurting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I enjoy stuff that is easy. It's in your wheelhouse. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck with there with the guitar too, man. So I got well, a, that's the you thing. You know, it's tough for me, man. I got it's the blessing gig. and the curse, you know, yeah. the guitar player and the singer. So, yeah, I think those two are great. But I love playing them all, man. There's not, there's not one moment that, especially when you're on the stage, where you go, I wish I wasn't playing this song. Yeah, Because yeah. it's just, you know, as right. much as you've, we've played Tears Don't Fall like hundreds of thousands of times probably over 18 years, yeah. it's... Uh, it's still something that when you're playing it, it still feels good. You know? Always gets the reaction. Moose, yeah. how about you? Favorite song to play? A fast, thrashy man myself. Yeah. I love playing Army Noise, the new track. Yeah. Live, because it's just relentless. It's kind of like a new new age whiplash in my, ah, in nice. my eyes. And um, I love playing Waking the Demon. Scream Am Fire is always my Scream jam for you guys. Another cool, one. man. One quick story at the end. I wrote it in my book. was when you, me, and Shadows took the bus ride across from Edmonton to Seattle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Had some cocktails, just went nuts, had a great time. Stayed up till like way seven in the morning, eight in the morning, and we get to the border and we have to get off the bus to go into customs and wait for them to clear us. So we go inside and we sit down uh, in, a, in, a, in the lobby of the border. And I'm looking around and I'm like, I see these three derelicts on the other side of the room, like three bums, like really ugly looking and like those guys have no chance of getting over the border and then I realized I'm looking into a mirror and those three guys were us <laughs> drunk that much <laughs> your hair was all over the place my eyes were beat red shadows was messed up that's always a good night the night oh, that the God. singers of Bullet Avenge and Fozzie were totally destroyed just destroyed yeah <laughs> never been so drunk on NyQuil in my life <laughs> NyQuil why do you shots NyQuil I, I BYOB'd Bring your own bottle? Yeah, it was NyQuil. NyQuil. Yeah. He, he, he brought his own cough syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm excited for the new record. I won't there. Moose says I won't there. So I, I won't there. I what love you, you both. Say? Exactly. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks to Matt Tuck, Tucky, and Moose from Bullet for my Valentine. Great stories about the new album, Venom, which dropped today. Go check that out. Also, amazing stories from some of their road experiences with Guns N' Roses, Axl Rose, Iron Maiden, Slipknot, Metallica. They had a great set at Heavy Montreal last weekend. They went on right after we did that interview, and they tore the house down. It's great. The fans were chatting, Bullet, Bullet, even as the band before them was going, uh, was playing. I love watching Bullet from a Valentine live. They will be on the road 
in the States with Slipknot right now, then heading to Europe in October for all dates and shows and VIPs and tickets. Go to bulletformyvalentine.com and go get the new record Venom today on iTunes. Go get it on Amazon. Use the uh, Talk is Jericho link. If you do that, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I've been on the road most of the summer too, but I'm definitely home for a few days. I'm going to buy a new car very soon. I need one. And the reason I'm going to be able to squeeze it in between WWE tour dates and Fozzie's upcoming Cinderblock Party European UK tour is because I discovered and downloaded the True Car app. All right. You guys know I've been putting it off because I don't want to waste a day down at the dealership haggling over the price of the car. It makes me feel bored and tired and cranky. Too much of a hassle. I hate having to negotiate. I'm not a good negotiator. I'm not a good haggler or a bargainer. That's where True Car app comes in. I can take care of my car buying without spending hours at the dealership. I can bargain and haggle without having to be face-to-face with an annoying salesman. I don't have to worry about any of that because TrueCar has created a mobile app that makes buying a new car simple and fun. You download the TrueCar app, and in five minutes, you create the car you want. You choose the make, model, special features, and even the color. And once you have your specs filled out, you can see what others paid for the same car. That's what I've been doing, searching for the kind of car I want with the certain features I want available in the color I want. Don't have to, I don't have to take uh, second place. I don't have to settle for anything. This is what I want. Don't tell me I need the True Coat. Don't tell me you only have it available in green. I want this car. And True Car, the app is going to help me do that. So easy to use. I'm having a hard time deciding which cars to buy because the possibilities are endless. Maybe I'll even buy two cars. What do you think about that? When I say find out what others pay for the car you want as well, I mean people who actually live in your neighborhood and are buying their cars from the same dealer that you might go to. So once you see what other people paid for the same car you want, you lock in the guaranteed savings from the True Car certified dealers in your area on average. Get this, over $3,000 off MSRP. Now that's making smart use of your smartphone. Listen, they got an app for everything these days, but how many actually save you that kind of serious chunk of change, right? Do the smart thing, download the Two Car app, save time, save money, save us Y2J and never overpay. Download the True Car app today. This really works. This app really works. It's helped sell hundreds, thousands of cars, and I endorse this. I am actually going to be using this when I buy my next car. Please do the same thing and save some money. All right, final dates on the Y2J WWE Summer Tour. Uh, Continue this weekend. Tomorrow, August 15th, Detroit, Michigan. Detroit City, Jericho versus Kevin Owens. Again, John Cena, you saw him on Tough Enough last week. His nose looks great. He's still recuperating. Stick old Jericho in there with Owens. We are going to tear the proverbial house down. Then the 21st, Bridgeport, Connecticut. 29th, San Juan, Puerto Rico. August 30th, Tallahassee, Florida. And then I'm done. The Y2J Summer Tour ends. But the Y2J WWE Fall Tour begins, which we'll get to September, October. I got Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Rochester, Syracuse, Madison Square Garden for the 25th anniversary of, uh, of Chris Jericho and the wrestling business. So many great shows coming up. All of those you can find on WWE.com. Just got the news that the Kiss Cruise is sold out October 30th. We are leaving to Jamaica with Steel Panther, Lita Ford, Kiss, and Fozzie. We are going to be tearing that house down. The Kiss Navy. We're going to be sinking that damn ship, man. Get your uh, life preservers ready. You're going to need it when Fozzie comes to town, baby. All right. And then speaking of life preservers, you might wear one even though these shows are coming up on land. November 14th, we head on the Cinderblock Party Tour with Nonpoint and Sumo Psycho in tow. We're going all throughout Europe, all throughout the UK, FozzyRock.com, all the cities and venues and ticket information. Go check it out. Come hang out with us. Rock with us. VIP, the whole thing. We are coming to tear your head off, which I'm excited about. All right. Thank you so much. 
to the Talk is Jericho supporters, you guys that follow me, that love Fozzie, that love my WWE work, and that love this podcast. You guys listen twice a week, download it for free. I appreciate that. I want to keep it for free. And how you do that, how do we keep it for free? You guys, here's what you guys got to do. Go check out my sponsors, Uber, NatureBox, DollarShavedClub.com, TrueCar, and of course, Amazon. Amazon, the easiest way to support this show. You get anything you want or need on Amazon, like the new bullet for my Valentine album, Venom. Just came out today. You'll find all cool types of bonus uh, digipacks, bonus tracks, so many ways to do it. Go buy it on vinyl, all right? You can do that too. Amazon.com for the new bullet for my Valentine record. Also, how about all the things that Greg Carlwood brought up on last week's podcast? Conspiracy theories. So many conspiracy theories. How about Randy Blake? Fly's new book, Dark Days. He spent 37 days in a Czech prison. He was on the side of the stage watching Fozzie at the Heavy Montreal show last week. So was Corey Taylor. He had his new book, You're Making Me Hate You With Him. They're both waving their books at me at the side of the stage. You can go check out all of those on Amazon. Buy whatever you want, okay? If you're going to buy what you want on Amazon, just go to podcastone.com. Click on the Supporter Show Sponsors banner at the top of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got Amazon links for the USA, the UK, the Canada A. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week no extra fees no hidden challenges you're just getting shopping done help me out in the pro- process remember podcast1.com click on the supporter show sponsors banner at the top of the page you wagey then hit the talk is jericho button help out this show and buy what you want all right thanks to bullet for my valentine matt tuck and big moose man moose thomas they're going to be killing it and i appreciate you guys uh, being here i appreciate them being here and next week all right a little bit of sex therapy for you That's right, I got the sex therapist expert, sex expert, sex therapy expert, Emily Morse is going to be here. She's the host of Sex with Emily. She was my co-host earlier in the year when we we hosted the podcast awards together. She is a cool chick, and she will help give you tips on how you can be better in the boudoir. All right, speaking of boudoir, I'll see you next week. Stay cool, stay hard, stay hungry. We'll see you next Wednesday for Emily Morse and a big yeah boy, or I guess in her case, yeah girl. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 